Hello, hello, Aligned Birth Podcast family, followers, friends. Um, we're excited you're here today. Dr. Shannon here, Dula Rachel's with us as well. And we're going to have a wonderful conversation talking about how to support someone who just gave birth. And this isn't just for that partner, that loved one, that one, you know, that lives in that same household as the person who just gave birth. But this can also be for friends and family because that's a big life change, right? Bringing new life into this world. And we want to be supportive and we want to help. Um, but what are some really practical, authentic ways that we can help in that genuine way that is actually going to provide that support? So this is going to be outside of the concept of like, hey, I want to come over and hold the baby. So we're really excited to chat about this. We've got some um, inspiration today from Instagram and some websites and lists that we found. So Rachel and I are just going to have a little chat today about it. And we're so excited you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Aligned Birth Podcast. We are so glad you are here. I'm Dr. Shannon, a prenatal chiropractor. And I'm Rachel, a birth doula and childbirth educator, and we are the team behind the Aligned Birth Podcast. Between us, we have experienced a cesarean birth, a VBAC, hospital births, and a home birth. Our personal experiences led us to where we are today. We share a lot in common. We are friends from high school who reconnected through our work, we both changed career paths after the birth of our own children. We light up when talking about health and birth, and we are both moms to two young boys. This podcast was created to share conversations and interviews about topics from pregnancy and birth to motherhood and the importance of a healthy body and mind through it all. Our goal is to bring you fun, interesting, and helpful conversations that excite you and make you want to learn more. We believe that when you are aligned in body, mind, and your intuition, you can conquer anything. We hope you enjoyed the episode. So good to talk to you today, Rachel. Yes, girl. I love this. And what I love is that it is like real specific things that people can do for both the partner and close family and friends to really support the new mom in a way that's going to help her rest and recover and heal in a really effective and meaningful way. I agree. And you know, what's funny with this one too, and what I like. So we, when we were going through our topic list and like, what do we want to talk about today? I had sent, or I'd mentioned this video and I was like, I kind of really like this video I found on Instagram. So I sent it to you and you were like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I was like, I know. And then you were like, oh, I found this list. And I was reading through the outline that we made and I was like, oh my God, I love this list. Like shaking my head the whole time in that this is so, yeah. So I'm really excited about our two kind of um, outside sources that helped formulate this um, giant list. Yes. I think the, the reality is, is that the, what we're sharing isn't anything necessarily original, but it's putting it in a way and sharing it with as many people as we can so that people have the resources and people like can listen and then think, oh man, like I heard a couple things that I can do for someone. I can go do those right away. Or the next time someone has a baby or for my partner, or if you're a birthing person and you're listening to this, you can share this with your partner or your close family and friends. So it just, I think especially I love Kier Gaines, which was our inspiration for this whole topic. And he's on Instagram and he's a digital content creator and he's a, he's a licensed therapist um, and he's wonderful. And so that video <laughs> you sent me about yes. like, 
ways like that the non-birthing person can support the new mom is just like brilliant because I see this a lot with our clients and and new especially like first time new dads um where they are like and they don't even sometimes feel helpless they might feel helpless and they don't even know that they're going to feel helpless. Like you just don't even know until you're in it. So having this advice beforehand is like giving the person like tools, things that they can do so that they don't feel helpless. So they feel like an active participant. And then it helps the new mom in a way where she's not having to ask necessarily for, for certain things. And she will still ask for things. I hope she does. I encourage like asking for what you need, but this will help take some of that burden off and, really help her feel supported. And let me tell you what, like a good, successful, healthy postpartum is, is mostly about support. Yes. And the, what you had said too, as far as the, it can be exhausting with people being like, well, what do you need? What do you need? I don't know. I don't want to answer any more questions. I don't want exactly. to say, like, just, just help like see a need and then let's, let's do something about it. So his, um, what did he have? It was called three things non-birthing parents can do when the baby comes. So he's speaking from the point of view as a dad. Um, I think he's got a couple kids. I don't know. I just, you know, again, just seeing what he's got out on um, mm-hmm. in the social media world, but he's holding this sweet baby and he's talking about, and it's just three things like, and I love that it's just simple and it's so practical um, what he talks about. So the first one was, um, he says, do it, do the repetitive tasks. Um, and that's, this is the prevents you from having to ask, what can I do to help? So what are the things that we're noticing that um, need help with? Right. And then we also know the answers to that. You know, what do you need help with? Everything, all the things. I don't well, know. Yeah, that, my mind. That was his thing. He was like, if you ask, what can I help you with? They sometimes will say nothing, but the real answer is everything. everything. And you, they don't know how to say exactly what it is they need because it feels like it's too overwhelming. So he talks about the repetitive tasks that you can help with, like uh, cleaning the supplies. So like if you're cleaning like the the newborn supplies, like the bottles or pumping equipment or dishes, um, laundry, you know, the floors, any sort of chores around the house is always a go-to, right? Um, refilling her water. I always say every time she sits down to nurse, if she's nursing or pumping, um, bring her a big glass of water that just always looking to make sure she's got a full glass of water sitting near her. So she's not feeling like she has to get up or ask for it. It's so easy. It's It's so so easy. easy. Just fill it. Yes. I go back to my postpartum and I remember sitting in the nursery and, you know, at one of those feedings at like, you know, zero dark 30 and (laughs) you're, you know, you're tired and that sort of thing. And I remember seeing my husband, he would get up with me um, for a little bit, you know, and he kind of just, you know, he'd like stand in the doorway and hover. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, like <laughs> now you're just hovering. Like <laughs> I'm trying to do this, but he would go and he would like get water. Like he knew, okay, I am not nursing this child right now, but like, what can I do? So he would get water. And then eventually got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm good here. Let's get you some sleep because I'm going to need you on duty in the morning when I want to sleep a little bit longer. So. Right. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> if there's really nothing to be done and they, one person could be sleeping, that person should be sleeping. That Same goes help. for the, for the birthing person, the mom, if, you know, they're switching off duty and then you need to be sleeping. You don't need to be hovering. (laughs) You sleep. So everyone's getting sleep. And then the other thing too, that, that is part of the, just do it is food. 
So mm-hmm. either making food, if that's your jam or ordering food, everyone needs meals and snacks throughout the day, especially a newly postpartum especially mom, nursing. especially yeah. if they're nursing. Um, and so, you know, you don't have to make gourmet anything, but definitely try and keep it healthy and um, things that she likes. And if making food's not your jam, then where can you order food from? Just mm-hmm. like, and doing it and, and wow, having meals done for you during, and we're probably going to touch on this a lot in this conversation, but meals are necessary. So that's one thing that the partner can do in that new, you know, newly postpartum time. I just saw something. I even showed this to my husband. I feel, I don't remember. It was on uh, social media and it was someone that had saved like their partner's favorite uh, meals from like different restaurants. Like one was like Subway, one was Chipotle or something like that. And they had saved it in their contact information or something. So that way, if it would be like, oh, where do you want to get from food, food from here? Instead of me having to say, you know, when we go to Willie's, I always get the corn salsa and the sour cream and the cheese, you know, like and that is so smart. Isn't that genius? I was like, that's love. <laughs> in my head, I was like, that's well, love that right is here. love, especially <laughs> when you love food like I do. <laughs> exactly. And how exactly. often I can't decide what I want, I know, or, I, or I, I don't know. want to like articulate it. And especially with that postpartum new mom brain, like yes. best is brilliant. So partners listening and married, not married, or super close friends or family, pay attention and and make those notes and use that in that time where you're just like, I'm going to show up with some food and it's probably going to be their favorite because I paid attention before. Mm-hmm. Um, the big one that sits with me too with the, is the cleaning of the supplies. Um, mm-hmm. Because even when I, and this is way postpartum. So three months later, you know, going back to work, um, the, and I was pumping the amount of things that need to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. Like it's not directly related to the number of people in the house. It is like <laughs> babies have so many things that need to be cleaned. It's from bottles to the pump. And it was just, it was this never ending, like cleansing of the bottle. So that is a huge area that can be helped, especially if you share that load. You know, I'm not saying, you know, mom doesn't do anything. It's just really sharing that load. Yeah. And honestly, though, in the first few weeks, she shouldn't be doing a lot. Her focus is caring for the baby, recovering, healing. So while it should be shared, I get that. It's also like, if we can take as much off her plate as possible, she's going to be, it's going to be easier for her to rest and recover. And your body has to do a lot of healing on the inside after a birth. So taking that time seriously, um, like the whole, the formula is like five days in the bed, five days near the bed and five days around the house. And that's your, that's like your first 15 days of postpartum. And when you take that real serious, you're going to have a easier recovery and how we can help that happen is to do these things for her. Yes. Help, 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 help. (laughs) Um, The next one he mentioned was just listen and the aspect of like asking questions and not just the like, Hey, what do you need help with? Or those type of things again too. But this is like the really like um, checking in, Mm -hmm. right? Like, How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. You feel supported today? You know, Mm -hmm. those type of questions um, and really listening to that response and then kind of gauging from there as far as how can I support this? You know, if you just need a listening ear just to be like, oh my gosh, I was home all day. You were at work. Baby was crying. Like I've, I've lost my mind type of thing. So listen to that. And sometimes it's just listening. Like all those examples Mm -hmm. you just gave are real and not necessarily fixable. 
mm-hmm. and don't need a remedy. They just need to be vocalized. And then a good question, instead of like jumping in and trying to figure out how to fix it is, how can I support you better? How can I like, how can I help you get some rest this evening? How can I, you know, what do you need from me or something like that? Just like asking these, like these more genuine or deeper questions instead of like seeing it as a problem that needs absolutely solved. It's almost like, okay, I'm just going to listen and be here for her and give her a sounding board, be a shoulder to cry on, be a, a listening ear. And then find out, like like you said, exactly like you said, just like, how can I support you through this? Or what do you need? Or something like that. Exactly. What support um, do we need? And the answer might be, I don't know. Exactly. And that's a really hard question to answer. And that's why the just listen is so important there. Um, it's because sometimes if you feel like there's not like an identifiable way to support them, then just listen and tell you them. don't know what to say. Yeah. How um, about... A hug, a good long hug, or uh, Mm -hmm. this is so hard. I'm sorry you had a hard day. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, this isn't about it. I see you. I hear you. Yes. Yeah. And it's not competition. You're tired too. Both people are tired. Both people had hard days in different ways. You know, it's not a, I was, had the struggle with the baby and I had a hard day at work and whatever it is, it's, this is hard and Mm -hmm. we're in it together. Like, exactly, and that feels a lot better than someone trying to fix it. Cause I think we know a lot of times the stress that comes from those new days, early days is sometimes just not fixable. It just needs to be normalized and validated. Yes, I know. I know. I remember those days. Um, and the third one that he says is talking about like this mm-hmm. in the hands dirty. Um, and I feel like he talks about, okay, well, I'm not nursing, you know, and not doing that aspect of things, but I can change the diapers, mm-hmm. you know, and just saying like, I can take that load and that task off because nursing takes like forever, you know, especially in the early days. I feel like <laughs> you're just like, there's something constantly attached to you. So he comes in and talks about um, taking off those like exhausting tasks. Well, and the baby almost always, especially in those early days, pees and or poops every time you feed. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of wet and dirty diapers in those early days. So if you say, okay, I'm on diaper duty, then that's like every time there's a feeding, she's doing the the feeding and you're doing diaper duty. And my husband did this because someone had given us this advice and he owned it and it made him feel like he was an active participant and it made him like, you know, and then I felt good. I was like, I know I don't have to be already thinking about getting up and changing and if they blew out the diaper and need a new fresh clothes, it's like, no, that goes to, to him or the person who's helping you in that moment. Um, and so obviously fully understand that not everyone has a, a support person there. And if you're in this by yourself, whoever is in the home supporting you at any given time, this is a great thing you could, you know, talk to them about of like, if you're around, could we, could, could you help me with diaper duty? It's a huge lift. Exactly. And we all know that babies love to poop and pee in clean diapers. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, is that like some partners, spouses um, who are not, who didn't give birth feel, and even extended family who didn't give birth might feel like they need to do something to be connected to the baby. And a lot of times people associate feeding with that. And so they might feel like if I'm not feeding the baby, I don't have an opportunity to be 
to bond or connect. And so the tips for like, it isn't just changing the diaper. It's you can sing a little song to them while you're changing the diaper. And once you've got the diaper changed, or you could even do a little uh, baby massage, you know, while they're on the changing table and you can, um, once they're, you know, dressed and got a clean diaper on and everything, you can, can soothe them and sing to them and snuggle them and smell them and kiss their head. And there's like, that's all kinds of bonding and connection opportunity. It's how you see it. It's not just mm-hmm. doing the dirty job. It's also like taking that as an opportunity to connect with your baby. And so when you see it that way, it's like, oh, cool. cool. I'm excited to do this. This is my responsibility. See, look, Dula Rachel made changing diapers. <laughs> Exciting. See? Yeah. Look at that. It's that <laughs> lens, that perception, that shift, that change. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are just three things that he mentioned. Obviously, he's got lots of stuff online and it was just a real quick thing. Um, and then go we'll check out his Instagram. Yeah. Yes, He's yes. got some good stuff. And we have the actual video that he did on this link. So yeah, it's so good. It is so good. I loved it. Um, and then you found, um, an article from motherly on this topic, correct? Yes. And it's 14 ways to really help a new mom. And so like the really was sort of in like emphasis, um, because there are lots of things that people pr- think that they can help, but this is like really helpful ways to help a new mom. Um, and I think there are lots of things here. And this is not to say that if you are a close friend or family member that you should do all of them. I th- I take it as listen to these things and, and hear what sounds good to you, where you feel like you can show up and decide to do that for the next person who has a baby in your life and say, okay, I can do this and do it differently. The goal is to kind of shift the the cultural ways I think that some people perceive that postpartum care of like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a meal and then I'm gonna hold the baby for an hour or whatever and then I'm gonna leave. You know, and the goal is to show up really in a more meaningful and effective way to support the new mom so that they can continue to heal and recover and feel truly supported. Again, because support is so, so important. And as the person showing up, you want to, I know most people really want to show up in a meaningful way, but they don't know how, or they haven't heard all the different ways and things that can be done. So that's why we're sharing this list, because I think it's really great because we started this and I was going to work on my own, like what I thought would be good. And it pretty much, this is it. And then some. Same. I was going to write something and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this was yeah. everything exactly. I wanted to say and more. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go through the 14 things, kind of share our little tip, you know, expand on it a little bit. But then, of course, we've got it linked in the resources so you can check it out. Um, but yeah, I think this is a, a really wonderful place to get started to help provide guidance for supporting the new mom. Yes. Um, so the first one it has on here is says help her sleep. So, and obviously this is, this is best for someone who is in the household with them. Although, you know, um, sometimes being able to come over and like, Hey, let me do these things while you nap or something. That's oh, for sure. Something that is helpful. Cause I know you probably want to see your friend that just gave birth and she probably wants to see you too, but um, looking at those best ways to support, you know, you could you could come over and bring a meal and you could come back at some time and say, Hey, I'm going to set this up and give you that time to rest. Well, yeah, the reality is in the, in the very newly postpartum is that we don't just sleep at night and we have to see the, the day as a 24 hour window instead of night and day, because obviously we're used to, we sleep at night for most of us and we're awake during the day, but when you have a baby, they don't have that. So if, when you see the schedule is 24 hours, your goal is to try and get 
seven to nine hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. And so that when people are only getting a few nights of a few hours of sleep at night and then choosing to be awake during the day, choosing or needing to stay awake during the day, you wear out. And that exhaustion compounds postpartum mood disorders, um, anxiety and stress. And so how can we support the new mom, new birthing person to get sleep? And so that sleep doesn't always occur at night. And so how can we help her sleep? And the reason we talk about it needing to be a close family friend or someone who's in the home, but it can also be out someone outside the home, but it needs to be someone who the birthing person trusts. So, you know, you know, if you're that person, right? You know, if, if you're not that person, then this is not the thing you're going to show up and do because the reality is that she needs, the birthing person needs to be able to kind of check out and truly re- relax and know that her baby's taken care of. And we can't, we don't do that with everybody. So the idea is that this works for people who are pretty close and feel trust. And you have to show up and have a plan and say, I know you need an hour or two nap. I've got the baby go. Like, I'll come get you if she's upset or needs to feed or something like that. And other, and yes. then that's, and you go and you encourage true, like go take an hour or two. And then that helps that person get to that seven or eight, nine cumulative hours of sleep. Um, and that is how you can really make a difference. I know. See, so it's possible for those in the house and outside of the house. Right. Right. Um, now, the next two kind of go together in that aspect of like you you can be in the house or out of the house to help with this, but like the potential of hiring um, a cleaning crew or like going in on the gift together to do yes. that or like sharing the loads of like it's something that you can do helpful. So if you can come over and help load, unload the dishwasher, those type of things, maybe fold laundry, the laundry that never ends when you have a baby, like all of those things are helpful, but also looking at... Um, Hiring that out or gifting that to them um, can it's be just a great like baby shower gift or postpartum gift. And either if you're able to fund that by yourself or go in on a group gift and, and get a cleaner, I think it's great to get permission from the family first to make sure they're comfortable with having someone from the outside come in and, exactly. and gift that to them. You know, I've heard stories where people who give birth outside of the home while they're at the hospital or birth center someone like usually like the mother-in-law or the mother or really a pretty close family friend will hire a cleaning crew to come in. So they come home to a clean house, um, which is really nice, but that you can do it at any point in the postpartum. And I think it's brilliant. And if you're not, if you're like, I can't show up and clean your house for you or do your chores, but I can contribute to a, a gift card or, you know, paying for that service and even doing it, of hiring it out for a few times, like once a month for the first three months, like, that's not unreasonable. Like I would rather money be spent on that than on fancy t- gadgets I may not use. That's my mm-hmm. personal opinion, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then the Same. third, and then the third one is that that pop in and do something. And so, you know, we encourage our clients to to make a list of those household chores that they know that they can use help with that they wouldn't mind people helping with. So, loading the dishwasher, running a load of laundry, walking the dog. Um, sleep in the floors, um, whatever it is that really you know will need to be done that is easy for other people to do. And then you kind of write up a little how-to. Like you have a list and you put it on your fridge so that people don't have to ask you. And then when they do pop in, it's like, okay, I can do this thing and I have all the information I need to do it. I'm going to go do it. And like, it's not about a visit. It's not about a, let me hold the baby for 30 minutes and then do a chore. It's a true like pop in, do a thing and go. Like, 
That's it. And you, and it's easier said than done. And I know a lot of people, I have lots of clients who are like cringe at the idea of someone coming in and doing things for them. It is culturally this weird, like either we have to look like we can do it all ourselves, or we don't want people in our business, or we don't want to put anyone out or whatever. And we say, get over that and work to get over that in the post, in the pregnancy, right? So that come postpartum, you're like, yes, come help me. Um, and then as the friend, you're like, okay, I'm going to, you give them a heads up. Hey, I'm going to come and walk your dog, you know, see you in a few minutes. And then that's it. You come walk the dog and then you go home. That's it. It's so simple. It can, it can be. That it can simple. be. I know my mom, <laughs> I know, right? My mom came and she like cleaned out the fridge. I didn't even know she was cleaning out the fridge. I guess, I don't know what I was doing. And I came downstairs and I was like, oh my God, I opened the fridge. I was like, this is amazing. Yes. Now, now that's not going to fit for everybody. So right. we just did a birth story with um, Jessica. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little bit ago. And I remember telling her that in the office when she was in and she was like, oh, no, no, no. Because she's like a type one on the Enneagram and okay. like she needs things in a certain order. And she's like, oh, that sounds, that brings me more stress. So that's where that prep during pregnancy to say, mm -hmm. okay, this is what would be helpful for me mm -hmm. and not bring me stress as well too. Of you course. Know? Right. And when walking the dog is better than cleaning out the fridge or something. Exactly. And when you make that list, it's like, and you give, and then I always say hang it up where people can see it. That way it's like mm -hmm. not this like, you don't have to ask necessarily, but if they see it, it's like, oh, I could help with this. And it's doing things that you're comfortable with them doing for you. So if cleaning out your fridge isn't one of those, then that's not on the list. Also, that's totally a mother or mother-in-law type of thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. and they know you and they know like oh, if that yeah. would be appropriate. That's usually who's going to show up and clean your that's fridge. That's why but, her mom didn't do it. <laughs> right. She was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. And I know we talk about it a lot. And for most people, when I talk to them, this whole idea, it's easier said than done. But we just, I want to talk about it more and encourage this type of help because this is what we sort of miss from like the village, you know, the village or community, like where you're really helping each other. Um, we all kind of keep our distances and walls up and like our, our privacy in our space. And I'm, I'm that person too, but from my first to my second, I really embrace this ask for help and let people help you with the second. And it made a big difference. It leads to a healthier postpartum. Totally. And I remember at one of the baby, one of my baby, I think it was for the first, my mother-in-law got me, um, we didn't have with the house we had, we didn't have the automatic, like the garage doors, like you had to manually open it. She got us um, the automatic garage door openers. She was like, well, I just didn't want you to be like outside in the rain trying to bring in groceries nice. and the baby. And that's what she thought. Like, that's, that's very unique. But like those type of things too, that is helpful in a different manner without maybe being, um, you know, invasive in someone's space. So anyways. Yeah. And I, I think forgotten all about that. Yeah bringing this kind of stuff up at like a baby shower, right? If you're hosting a baby shower, you're going to a baby shower and like kind of bringing up these ideas or maybe creating a sign-up sheet of some sort and like kind of start planting the seeds from that. Like if you're the friend or family member and you're preparing for the per birthing person's postpartum, like if you put this on a list of, or talk about it at the baby shower, it starts planting those seeds and people get more used to, or when you're playing the baby shower, you have like the registries include house cleaning, grocery delivery services, mm -hmm. postpartum doulas, um, massages. I don't know, all these things that are like, you can kind of pool in funds for versus, you know, 322 onesies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. And that's a good segue into the next one because it's uh, the next suggestion is 
to chip in for like a postpartum doula or night nurse. And so, yes, you can even add that to mm-hmm. the registry. This is something like it's above and beyond a um, let me come over while you rest type of thing. Like this is, oh, yeah. um, this is way more intensive, I think. And, oh, yeah. you know, there's just, if you can't do that check-in or with, uh, you know, offering that sleep aspect of things, then being able to pitch in with this service is good. And so maybe you can describe a little bit more about, cause I know Hannah with, with you does a lot of the postpartum I believe doula. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have as well. So yeah, we yeah. have Hannah, and then we have uh, one of our new team members, Lauren Hay, is a postpartum doula, and we're also looking at adding more postpartum doulas to our team because they are so incredibly valuable. Um, and a postpartum doula is like a trained professional, right? They have expertise and knowledge in caring for mothers and babies, um, helping with feeding, helping with um, baby care, baby soothing diapering, swaddling, baby wearing, um, light household chores. So like we just, those things we just talked about, like the dishes and the laundry and the sweeping, um, things like that and running errands, like, you know, light errands and, um, being able to identify and discuss postpartum mood disorders and refer to professionals. Like this is like definitely next level. And I mean, highly recommended this type of care is, next to none and and completely invaluable. You really, it's hard to even imagine putting a price on it. Um, But, and it's something that some people, I think a lot of people think it's unattainable. Like, how could I have someone come in like that? But the reality is, is like how we have it is, and how a lot of postpartum doulas do it is you do like a 20 hour contract or a 40 or a 60 hour contract. And then you can use those hours in like four hour increments. So maybe it's one, four hour, a shift, one, four hour shift a week. And then you do that for 12 weeks or something. Like if you're going to do a bigger contract or you do it for three weeks or not, no, that wouldn't be right. Like four or five weeks. Like, Mm -hmm. so you spread it out and can you imagine having, you know, you know, a day a week, you get someone who's going to come in and help you with these things, how good that would feel. Um, Or you can have it where they're helping you every day or every night, right? Like that's, and you're going to use all your hours up in the first two weeks or something like that. And then, I mean, you can keep extending. Some people do it you know, on and on, but some people just need it for those first few weeks or some people choose to do it. Um, not necessarily those first few weeks. Cause that's when they have a lot of support. Like maybe yes, the, the, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That, but that later help mm-hmm. the later help, maybe around week four or something like that, or you know, whatever if spouse has gone back to work. Mm-hmm. The parents are gone. Cause I keep thinking back to, you know, I'm sitting in the bathroom crying cause my baby's crying. And I don't know what to do. And everybody's gone out of the house. And it sure would have been nice for someone to at least be like, Hey, okay. Let me help the baby. You get some rest or something along those lines. That's mm-hmm. um, someone that has that, that expertise and training mm-hmm. that you might need more so than just uh, that listening ear. Sometimes, yes, the postpartum duels can give that listening ear, but it's oh, also sure. like they can recognize certain things. Mm-hmm. They know certain ways to help without asking for what needs to be done. You know, just those specifics there. Well, and I think it works too for either people who don't have a lot of family and friends around. And also if you do have a lot of family and friends around, but they like asking them to help feels more like an inconvenience. So having like, you know, you're paying for someone and they're a professional, like it's almost like easier to let them help you. So if you're that type of person, then hiring someone might be better. Or if you just don't have a lot of family in the area, you know, you're new to an area, military family, or, you know, Mm -hmm. newly relocated, that's a great place to start. And so 
it's, it's a, it's a big lift. It's expensive, but so is a birth doula. So is a lot of things in our life that we decide to spend money on, but prioritizing and understanding this benefit of having this kind of support in the postpartum from a postpartum doula is the, the benefits ripple like mm-hmm. far beyond the, the time it's used. Whereas, you know, other gifts are just things, right? So when we can mm-hmm. shift and say, what's, what's money better spent? And if you're asking me, <laughs> It's yes. on <laughs> doula because mm-hmm. I think that type of support just is has the greater benefit to the overall health and well-being of the birthing person and the unit yes. and the family unit. And I think that is better than anything in the world. And that helps them yes. be better moms and that helps them be better participants in the community and live healthier, longer, better lives, all that stuff. Exactly. So, that ripple effect. That's yeah. exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Right. Um, uh, the next one they have on here is talking about, um, helping them go on a date night. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted this might be a little bit, um, later in right. or, you know, six months, they mentioned that, um, after baby is around. Right. Four to um, six months when, when it feels right. When you feel comfortable to, to leave the baby in good hands, you know, those type of things, but, um, having that planned out mm-hmm. or having that on the calendar and having that as an option, um, can be really huge. And it's totally fine if you just go out to dinner and you talk about your baby the whole time. Because <laughs> that's probably what you're going to do. <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to do. But you'll go. I remember we went to a concert and that was so much fun. Like it was just, and it was a real like chill, like concert in Atlanta with, you know, postpartum. And, and that was, um, that was fun to, to get away um, and to have that little bit of time. So yes. yeah, prioritizing. And so as the friend or family member kind of you know, and you know your your friend when it feels right. And you could always just put it out there and say, hey, here's a gift card for dinner. Whenever you're ready to go, you know, I'll watch the baby for a couple hours. And the thing is, is a date night doesn't have to be six hours. Like it could be two hours mm-hmm. and you could go not far down the road. And, but just sort of choosing intentionally to focus on the relationship to be away from your baby, right? We love our baby. Love, love, love. It's not about that. It's like saying, okay, it's okay to be away and and take a moment for yourself with your partner and partner connection, you know, in that early postpartum tends to struggle. That's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. So putting focus on that. And so as a friend or family member, how can you support that? And it's offering to provide childcare, giving them a gift card to go out, you know, and like in a way of like doing it for them. And I don't know, like in a, not in a forceful way, but in a like, you know, gently encouraging, giving a card and saying, Hey, here is, um, I know you guys like this restaurant. Here is a gift card there and they don't have to go out at dinner. They could go for lunch, you know, weekend. So exactly. Weekend, and then, and then put a little card in there that says, this is like, you know, ticket for, you know, free babysitting services so that they can do that. So good. That's how you do it. Yeah. So good. I love it. And then when they don't use it, you just haggle them <laughs> and you just, yeah, the follow up is them. huge. The follow up, you know, yeah, like, like if, Hey, I really want you to do that. Right. And that's where, you know, it's genuine because sometimes you might get the gift and you may be like, oh, do they, do they mean it? No. So when you You follow follow up, yeah. (laughs) And you're the friend, you're like, hey, okay, is now good? Is this week good? Is, you know, do you want to look at next week? Get it on the calendar. Let's, you know, um, and obviously if that doesn't feel right for you as the birthing person, then don't do it. And you could say, thank you, but we'll use the gift card and order some takeout. I'm not ready to be away from my baby. Like that's okay too. Yes. No Um, offense there. Cause that's still helpful. You know, it's still helpful. Yeah. yeah. Then the next one's all, there's a few that kind of deal with and surround food 
and the, the concept of food. There's bringing food, organizing a meal train, and then helping to plan for future meals. So mm-hmm. I thought we could kind of lump some of those together. Sure. And just, you know, one thing I hear in the office and a something that comes to mind specifically with this. And even when we were coming up with this topic, this is what kind of sparked it for me a little bit was I had a mom who talked about, you know, she just had her baby. She was trying to nurse um, and having some digestive aspects to things and maybe some issues even before pregnancy. Sometimes that can flare up in pregnancy and then it flare up in postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, we were, we just, we've been eating out, you know, that, that was what was easy. It was, what was convenient. Um, it's probably what people were bringing to them. Maybe exactly what they were brought was like, Oh yeah, you want some like really good comfort food. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was translating into mom, not feeling her best. Right. And then, Babies can also have issues, you know, if we are nursing, babies can also have issues with some of those foods too, cruciferous foods or dairy and those type of things, because everything is just so delicate and different there. So um, just hearing that, it was kind of like, oh man, that's not the type of support, you know, she needed right then. It was more of um, knowing some of those dietary things. And yeah. really being authentic with um, some of the things that we bring over. Yeah, I think aiming you know? for mostly healthy, nutritiously dense food with consideration to the birthing person's any sort of or family unit allergies or sensitivities or things, you know, dietary restrictions, anything like that. So checking in and asking about those beforehand and then aiming for good, healthy, healthy-ish and then a little bit of good stuff in there. Like it can, you can still indulge and have the the comfort food, right. But like Mm -hmm. you can try to aim for lots of really um, yummy, I mean, good soups, like soups are really good. Mm -hmm. Soups are easy. You could do a bone broth and a vegetable soup and like, it's delicious. It's comforty. And then you could do like a grilled cheese with it or something like, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And if you're ordering Moderation. out, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, definitely there's never really, it's never wrong to bring any kind of food. People just appreciate it all. But thinking about like all the meals of the day, a lot of people tend to bring dinner, mm-hmm. but we have breakfast and lunch and snacks. And if there are other children in the home, snacks, <laughs> and snacks. Somebody's always hungry. Someone's always hungry. And <laughs> breakfast, right? <laughs> yes. Breakfast and lunch. Like, how can you can you bring in, you know, some some yummy breakfast food or lunch items or things like that outside of dinner? So trying to think about all the food that someone might need and catering to that. Like if you know a lot of people are bringing dinner over, then aim to bring in a yummy breakfast casserole or casserole, yeah, lunch wraps up and munch on that for days. Like quiches awesome. are really good. Oh, and you could yeah. do crust, crustless quiches. I just did oh, yeah. a couple quiches for a trip we went on from Costco and they were delicious and the ingredients were really good. And, you know, I served 12 adults with just two quiches. And so you know, you could go to Costco and pick some up. So like, you're not necessarily always having to cook the food, but like, wow, that's a really good idea. And honestly, quiche can be eaten any meal of the day. So, you know, thinking about Mm -hmm. that kind of, that kind of mentality around when you're bringing food, another thing to do, or that a lot of people do is um, organizing a meal train. Mm -hmm. And there's 
apps and websites out there. I think the one, the main one is called Meal Train and it's a free website and you can send it out and have people sign up for certain days and times to bring food. And it's a good opportunity to put instructions in for dietary restrictions and allergies or food preferences or favorites or not favorites. Um, And then instructions for like arriving at the house and where to put the food. And I think if you're bringing food, I always say, especially in the early days, you know, knock and drop and go you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. maybe plan, you know, because when we visit, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And if they're having a lot of visitors that can wear, even if you're just sitting there talking, so really think I'm going to come drop some food off and I'm going to save my visit for later in the postpartum because lots of people are probably coming by right now. Um, but the meal train can be organized by a close family friend and sent out via email and you just sign up. Um, and then the family gets an idea of when they're going to have food. Um, so that's definitely an easy way to support with food. Exactly. And then the aspect of planning for future meals. So, or that's even, you know, you can even do that in the the late stages of pregnancy. Maybe have like a really cool like food prep day and you guys are just working in the kitchen and prepping oh, some yeah. chilies or something, you know. Things freezer meals. Freezer meals that can be good that can be used in that postpartum or again even stopping by the grocery store or, and now we've got all those, like, you know, you just kind of do it online and then have the groceries delivered type of thing. So don't yeah. you know, use those things um, to your advantage. Yeah. Like if you're coming by and you're going to help do a chore or you are coming by to maybe hold the baby while she sleeps or something like that, offer to run by the store and pick up the staples. Like, is it, you know, milk, eggs, bread, salad mix, like whatever, staples that that is simple and they're always kind of eating or protein bars or granola bars or what you can think of an endless supply of staples you know bananas fruit oh my gosh I ate so much fruit in my in my postpartum so like bringing fresh fruit and stuff like that and you could swing by the store and do it or make an order for them and have it delivered Um, nowadays that's incredibly easy Um, and we'll also link uh, there's this this um, article also about 12 nutritious foods to eat in that first month after childbirth. And so this is good for the birthing person and then also good for people if you're bringing in food for some inspiration for ideas of things to that are really good and nutritious and healing and healthy. Like one of the things I mentioned was, was bone broth, right? Like that's such a good mm-hmm. postpartum recovery food. Yay. Um, let's see. Okay, so we're out of kind of like the food um, context of things. Um, the next one talks about spending time, um, with mom, like, um, you know, a lot of times too, everybody's focused on baby and asking about baby and, and that's all well and good, but, um, we can't forget too that, um, you know, a mom was born too. Right. So we've got, Mm -hmm. um, just checking in, with her too, that listening ear as well. And just hanging out without the expectation of like, just coming to like sit and chill. There's no, I don't need you to like have things cleaned and prepped and a snack plate out while we're over and to entertain, you know, it's just going to, to be there, especially too, when um, maybe after the dust settles and like Mm -hmm. that big rush of people at the beginning are gone. I know sometimes mm-hmm. that's when it's really hard and things kind of settle in and it's like, oh, it's lonely here now. You know, I don't have an yeah. adult to talk to or yeah. I don't Once, know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That three to four week mark is huge. Like I know for me, when my husband went back to work, which was only probably just a couple weeks after the birth, like that was the hardest 
thing for me because we had been like in our bubble and like just so like bonding and connecting. It just was so lovely. And then knowing that was going to be, you know, he needed to go back to work and that things would be different after that. Like I was very, very sad and very like, I kind of grieved a little bit. It was weird. Obviously you have lots of hormones and stuff, but like, you know, having someone just come and I did, I had lots of wonderful support, but like people coming by and no big expectation. Just like you said, like just watch a movie and hang out. Maybe we don't talk. Maybe we do talk and maybe we choose to talk about things other than the baby if you want, or, Mm -hmm. you know, how are you doing asking like, truly like how are you doing have you had a chance to process your birth or you do you want to talk about anything like just be there be a listening ear be comforting low expectation you know and when it feels feels right i think that can really you know prevent that postpartum isolation from settling in yes yeah because that is a real thing you know and it's just there's a whole new uh, routine to life that comes in. Um, and so even sending like little encouraging notes or texts or just checking in, that mm-hmm. can be super helpful too. So if it's a lot for you to come, you know, stop by and those type of things, just like, hey, I am thinking about you. I'm in the area, you know, those little things just so that she knows she's still a person too, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing is nicer than like a, a, a note handwritten is awesome, but a text also just genuinely like, you don't have to reply, just thinking about you checking in. Those always feel really good to me of like that. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. a text and like, oh, I have to reply. And that feels like a task, another task you have to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sending something that lets them know you're thinking about them, that you're there if you need them, but no need to reply. I don't need anything from you. I'm just thinking about you. Like, wow, that feels amazing. Yes. And um, I want to skip ahead on the little list, too, because this kind of sends in my like the last thing they had on here was like telling her that she's beautiful. But again, like focusing on mom and letting her know like you're more talking about things besides the baby, like what you had just said. And so it's that kind of that that fits in the same realm of that as checking in with them as a person and letting them kind of process the new thoughts and emotions that they have. Mm hmm. I love you know? that. Mm-hmm. And then um, they had mentioned something else too about bringing something specific for her. I always like having flowers in the house. You know, I know fresh flowers are wonderful, and I, and I get that. But like, I love having that in the house. Like, it just the mood, the tone, the energy. It's uplifting. Like, totally, that's very sweet to to have and to bring, or something very specific um, for her. For her, not for the baby, right? Not even for like breastfeeding, which those are great gifts too. But think about, you know, is it her favorite dark chocolate? Is it a yummy soft robe? Even if like from Target, they have like the softest robes. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, you know, (laughs) or, you know, slippers or comfy PJs or um, I don't know, things that, that, you know, make her feel good and feel happy and see her, you know, if they, if you know, they really like candles, you could do um, they make some pretty, you know, good candles these days. I'm a big fan of like, I don't love artificial fragrance. So, you know, but you I know, like even essential oils diffuser, you know, mm-hmm. something, something like that. That's for her. Yeah. You could do like those, um, Epsom salt bath yes. bomb things mm-hmm. that have essential oils in them. And so they could take a bath with those. Um, so yeah, I think, Gifts for her specifically is really nice, not just gifts for the baby. Yes. 
Um, okay. Let's see. There's only like a few more on here. So helping with pets, if they do have pets, <laughs> we can't forget. And pets are going to go through their own, their own little <laughs> adjustment period too, with bringing <laughs> the new baby in. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And they need some attention. Just, they do need some attention and they'll probably whine. I remember my cat. I think my cat was just like, what is going on? Why do you keep bringing <laughs> these things in the house? <laughs> I would totally like stressed her out, but helping, you know, whether it's walking the dog or even picking up like dog food and cat food, because that mm-hmm. would just be another little task to do um, or cleaning out the cat box. Golly, that was like my husband's least favorite tax. And he always was like, I feel like you're lying that you can't do this when you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> he still like gets on to me about that. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Whatever. Shannon, I saw the other day, and I don't know why it was in my, you know how social media serves you up ads sometimes, and you're like, how is this in my feed? And it was a robotic, it was like robo litter or something. I had a silly name, and it was this litter box that ran itself. It was like self-cleaning, and it was like really easy to change. And it was like, I never clicked on it to see how much it was, but you know. My husband would have bought it. He's like, I don't care. (laughs) I know that's what I'm saying. Like, if that is what you need, then put then that on do, the registry. Put that on the registry. <laughs> oh but but those tasks are great if yes. you're popping over in and out and you're a dog person. This is where it's like when we give this list, listening to things that align with you. If you're a big pet person, that can be your job. You don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. You can say, I got a friend, she's got a dog. I'm gonna go walk the dog because that brings me joy and it's gonna help her out. Um And so being on pet duty or offering if the pet, you know, you could raise your hand to your friend and say, I'm great with animals. If your dog needs to go to the vet or has any appointments or needs dog food, hit me up. I got you. And or even if you're like, yeah, I can, why don't you have the dog come stay at my house for a little bit? Like if you've got a dog, oh, yeah. our neighbors that would did be that. Even better. We, yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, not after birth, but like we had just had a lot going on and it was, that was another level of like, oh my gosh, did somebody let the dog out? How, what are we going to do? I'm in the hospital birthing here. What if you, what if you watched? the pet. And then that way too, when you come to the house, it's like calm, <laughs> calmer, you know, cause I know with my dog, it's just like, blah, and you got something new and then you can kind of slowly reinforce. Oh, yeah. I know there's a whole art form for, for yeah. that, but that yeah. can be very helpful and alleviate just that one little thing of stress that's in her mind of like, oh, for sure. Okay, I got to take care of this, you know? And that little bit of ease, that little bit of ease mm-hmm. is so nice. Yeah. If you can take the pet for that first week or so, that's like my mom and dad, took our dog for like the first week and I was like he's living his best life he is oh yeah and like I of course you're like I miss him and he doesn't care he's <laughs> running and playing and getting pet I'm like if he was here I'd be so annoyed um <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but also on the note of like registry or if you're a type of person who's like I'm I'm busy myself I want to help I can't go walk a dog you can pay for a dog walker you could mm-hmm. find one make sure they're the people are good with it and and be like, hey, I'm going to pay for five dog walks. Use them whenever you want. Here's the person's contact. And boom, it's done. And it's like, you know, because sometimes like that's how I operate. I'm like, I don't always have a ton of extra time to go do these physical services. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I will fund it. I'm like, I'll get you the gift certificate. I will, I'm like, and so like, that's where my head went just then. I'm like, I love animals, mm-hmm. but I don't have time to go walk dogs. So I could pay for a dog walker. That's a great gift. Exactly. And so helpful. I know. See, thinking outside the box a little bit. Um, Okay. So this last one here, I really like this one because it says take pictures. And, you know, it's, 
it's hard. Like you want to capture those moments too. And I think it's so nice you know, sometimes as moms, we're like always behind the lens. Always. And so I have so many pictures where I'm like, you know what? I really don't have any pictures of me Mm -hmm. nursing the boys. And I I don't know why I like, I don't have any of those. And yes, that's a very intimate moment. So obviously we're, you know, checking, Hey, do you mind if I take a picture? Like, let's check on that. Mm -hmm. But I also want moms to say, yes, I don't care if you've had a shower or anything like that. You want to capture those moments because I don't think I have really hardly any of those. And now granted too, I don't even think I had, I didn't really think I had an iPhone, you know, my phone <laughs> when I had my, don't birthday, date yourself. Like, oh Shannon. My God. We were like, why do we have all these videos of our second, you know, doing all these things? And my oldest is like, where was I? And I'm like, well, here's on, on our video camera. We got to get those switched over. So yeah. So I'm that old, but just, you know, take the pictures and, and be mom. You've got to be okay with, you've got to be in the picture. Like you're well, going to want to. So this is what I say. And I think the tip is to, is to offer to take the picture with their phone, which these days everyone has a, a most everyone has a phone that you can take pictures with. Okay. Simple. Be like, I'm going to use your phone. That way they're not worried about you putting it on social media or you doing something with it or having it for other people to see. It's like, I can use your phone. I can snap a few pictures of you holding your baby, nursing your baby, or just you during this time. And you can do what you want with them. And I, you know, cause some people, and I'm like, all I would say is if you, if you take the pictures and do nothing with them, that's your choice, right? You have that choice. If you don't take the pictures, there's nothing you you can't undo that. You can't go back and say, mm-hmm. take pictures. And so I think in time, so in those new days when you're maybe not feeling yourself and you're just like exhausted and tired, you may not feel like you want them, but then down the road and we can speak from experience. Oh yeah. I wish you I want mm-hmm. those pictures. Mm-hmm. You want that time encapsulated, but not in the moment you may not feel it. So if you're yes. the person visiting and you say, Hey, let me take a couple pictures with your phone. You can do what you want with them, and but you'll be glad you had them versus never having them. And we do this with our clients for labor and birth because mm-hmm. we'll offer, we're like, we'll use your phone if you want pictures captured of the moment the baby's born um, and you can do what you want with them, right? Because sometimes they're like, oh gosh, I don't want to see that or I don't want that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you can either choose to see it or not, but if you don't have the pictures, there's you, nothing you can do. You can't go back. Mm-hmm. We can't so, go back. So yes. Yeah, so take the pictures. Take the pictures and get in the picture, mama. And get, get in, in the, the picture. picture. I have to mention this though, because I don't know if you've seen the memes about um, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. I absolutely love them. They're just so, like this cute. <laughs> They're couple, adorable. But, but she, <laughs> it's always like, you take pictures of your husband and he's always like, oh, he's smiling and put together for the camera. And then like your husband takes pictures <laughs> of you and you're like, a hot mess and he got you like look like it's just and he's always doing that to her and I freaking love it and I feel like that's how it is so now I also want to preface all right dad like let's work on those photography skills be (laughs) be thoughtful with the picture and don't just take the like oh god love them (laughs) give her give her a chance to like yes you know, or take a few, like, I'm like, I'll take five because I can. Yes. And in Thank one of those, you. there's going to be a good one. So dad, dad Jay's phone, it's like one, one yes. of everything. I'm like, I, like, that's it. <laughs> I'm like, you got to like do a few to kind of make sure we're not all making a weird face or that, oh, you know, and so maybe take some iPhone etiquette picture. Yes. 
practice. Take, I don't know. Take a bunch of pictures. I know. That's it. That's it. Hey, here's some tips. <laughs> lighting. Make sure the lighting is favorable and, you know, from behind the person taking the picture, you know, a good angle. A well, good but angle. Good angle. Goes a long way. We don't have to angle up. We don't need to angle <laughs> up. That's not helpful. Like, let's think about just some basics. I know. Oh, I love it. I know. So as soon as I saw that on the list, I was like, oh yeah, we got to talk about that's that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and that's truth. That is mom and, truth. you know, all jokes aside, but yes, mom, let them take the pictures, get in the picture. Um, you won't regret that. And that's you a know? good one for dad. I think that's a good one for dad. It's a good mm-hmm. one for friends and family showing up. And it is a good yeah. one for dad or the partner supporting yeah. because yeah, Whatever. take the pictures. Uh, this was a fun one. I love these little topics and tidbits. Um, Please check out the show notes, though, because um, we've linked everything and you definitely want to go see the full article um, on both of these and following um, cure gains and all those sorts of things, because there's lots of information out there. And you can even send this to someone who is pregnant to say, hey, here are some ideas for you So send the articles, send the podcast, um, all of those good things. Yes, I love this. Had super fun, a lot of fun putting this together and having this conversation with you. And I, we hope you found it helpful. And if you did, please, you know, take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag us. Uh, we are at aligned underscore birth. And if you could leave us a review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You know, we've been doing this almost a year and it has meant the world to us, anyone who has left a review. So if you just have an extra moment and can go leave a one or two sentence review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It helps us get to continue to do this and create this and share it with more people. And it helps more people be able to find us. So we greatly appreciate it. And we hope you will tune in next week for a brand new episode. Thanks for listening to the Aligned Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, screenshot it and tag us on Instagram at aligned underscore birth or leave a rating and review. If you don't want to miss our newest episodes, be sure to tap the subscribe button. Your support is greatly appreciated. As always, we strive to bring you lots of information because knowledge is power and applied knowledge is empowerment. Thanks again for being here and see you next week.